Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. We're looking at verses 38 through 42. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, portion which will not be taken from her. Well, as you can see from the passage today, we're being introduced to two women, Martha and Mary. They also had a brother, Lazarus, even though he's not part of the discussion on this particular time. And these individuals became very close friends and supporters of the Lord Jesus. Among the Gospels, when we consider all four of them, we find that only Luke and John mention these friends of Jesus. Luke does not tell us where they lived, but John does. We find in John that they lived in Bethany, which was a little village about two miles outside of Jerusalem. Remember, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, not directly. He's going to kind of veer and snake and go here and there, and he'll eventually get there just right on time. But in this particular instance, he's on the verge of being there, and he's visiting with them. Now, the way that Luke presents this setting gives us the impression that they had met before. My belief is is that they had heard his teaching before, and they had made a decision to follow him, and most likely they had introduced themselves to him in times past. However, as I just said a moment ago, this was the first time that Jesus came to their home for a visit. Now, I want you to take a moment to think about what it would be like to receive Jesus into your home for a visit. What would that be like? Jesus is coming over for Sunday. No, it'd be Saturday, wouldn't it? Sabbath dinner, right? And you're going to be entertaining the Messiah. What would that be like? Well, you know, on one hand, I'm very confident that there would be a desire to ensure that everything would be just right. We would want to make sure that everything was exactly as we thought it should be because he's such an important guest and we want to make sure that everything that we put forward is put forward in the best possible way. And to do that is going to require, at least from my experience at my home, when we're going to have just regular guests, (laughs) a lot of uh, frenzied activity. Can I get an amen on that? From the men (laughs) Uh, and the women too. That'd be one, one thing that we would be looking at. Another thing, though, on the other hand, we would also kind of have this, this desire to be as close to him as possible. We would want to, to be able to hear every word that he uttered. And to be able to do that would require shutting out competing distractions. 
This leads us this morning to truth point number one, which we're going to get into right out of the gate, which says this, that we can rush to and fro to accomplish an agenda, or we can turn from busyness to appreciate the value of a moment. But we cannot do both at the same time, right? You can't do both. You can't be involved in frenzied activity and be still to receive from the Lord. So, wisdom then demands discernment of the greater good and intentional pursuit of that better choice. Let me sum that up again. Wisdom then, because we can't do both at the same time, wisdom demands discernment of the greater good and intentional pursuit of that better choice. Easier said than done, right? I can say that, easier said than done. And this is where Mary and Martha find themselves on this day as Jesus comes by for a visit. Now Luke doesn't leave us guessing about uh, what Jesus is doing as he made himself at home in Martha's house. As he was prone to do, he gave himself to teaching the truths of the kingdom of God. We've seen this before, that everywhere Jesus and his disciples uh, ended up, there would be gathered there a crowd. And and, and since he is, at this point, less than six months away from the cross, uh, Jesus is laser-focused on giving the divine truth that people need to hear. Luke doesn't tell us exactly what Jesus was saying, but whatever he was saying, it was too intriguing for Mary to walk away. Her soul was hungry for the words of the kingdom. As long as Jesus was talking about it, she was determined to be fixed at his feet. You know, that's something when we look at Mary throughout uh, Luke and John, when they're in the storyline, is that she was regularly fixed at his feet. There are three occasions specifically that are mentioned. I put it on your note guide just so that you'd have it and look at it a little bit later on. Of course, there's the occasion today, Luke chapter 10, verse 39, where we find Mary at Jesus' feet. She's there learning. In John chapter 11, verse 32, we find Mary at Jesus' feet weeping because of the death of her brother. And then in John chapter 12, verse 3, we find Mary at his feet anointing them with oil of perfume. And as we see this and we think about the relationship that they must have had, it is obvious that Mary had a strong personal connection with Jesus. A strong personal connection that is marked with humility, which would be required if you're going to put yourself at someone's feet. It was a relationship marked with humility. Now we come now to truth point number two today. And I want to talk in this truth point a little bit about being at the feet of Jesus. You know, being at the feet of Jesus has both literal and figurative meanings. The literal should be obvious. <laughs> to be at Jesus' feet literal, literally would be to be in close proximity, as close as you can get to his actual feet. Figuratively, being at the feet of Jesus is about turning from competing distractions to focus on him. Now, Mary had a very unique ability because of time and space. She could physically be at his feet. She could even touch them. That's something we can't do. But we have the ability to be at his feet figuratively, and that is available to us every day at any time of the day. 
And as we think about being at his feet figuratively, which is all about turning from competing distractions to focus on him, I must then ask you, Christian, do you find yourself at the feet of Jesus regularly? Do you? Do I? Do we find ourselves alone with him in prayer? Do we find ourselves focused to hear from him in the pages of his word? Do we listen in times of quietness to experience his leading deep in the innermost part of our being? If you do, listen to me, if you do, it is because you choose to turn from competing distractions to focus on him. If you do, it is because you plan to have time and place where it's just you and he and together you have communion with one another. Choice plan. May I say to you today that if you choose not to choose, (laughs) and if you choose not to plan, you will not find yourself at his feet because our lives are so filled with activity. And we can easily get so busy that we never are there unless we choose, unless we plan. There's a phrase that I hear a lot. I've heard it from a lot of you. I've actually said it myself. I'm just wondering if it rings true, because it's easy to say it's another to do. That phrase I'm talking about is the one where we say that Christianity is not a religion, but it is a, say it for me. How many of you have ever said that? Would you just show me? How many of you have ever said that? Now, you, I'm not about to jump on you, okay? So you can, be, you can feel free to say, I've said that. I've said that hundreds of times. It's not a relationship. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. But the question is, is that actually true in your life? Do you have an ongoing relationship with him? Or do we find ourselves primarily busy checking off the boxes of religious activity? I'm afraid that it's so easy, isn't it? To find ourselves just going in the flow of religious activity. Check that box. I did that. I went to ABF. I went to Sunday worship. I sang the songs. I gave my offering. And that's all great. But that's not necessarily being in relationship. I don't think you would count it a relational thing if someone treated you that way, would you? Those may be important things to do. We need to be at his feet. When we are at his feet, we find we are at the place where the bonds of relationship are formed and strengthened. And we find that Mary, Mary found Jesus too intriguing to not be at his feet. Martha, on the other hand, is another story entirely. She was too busy to sit and listen. Too busy to sit and listen. Now, I want to be very careful here that we not unfairly judge Martha. Let's not do that. Let's not, let's not act as though she's some kind of wild, crazy sinner here. Because in, in all reality, I see nothing in the text that would make me think that she had any wrong motive. Whereas Mary's internal drive was to soak up everything Jesus had to say, Martha's internal drive was to make every part of Jesus' visit perfect for him. And what could possibly be wrong with that? What? 
What could be wrong with being driven on the inside to make sure that your Lord and Savior, the God who created you, that when he came into your house, everything would be just the way it ought to be? How can we find fault with that? Truth point number three speaks to that, though. When the Lord calls us to a task, the proper response is to give all that we have for him. But contrary to popular belief, the primary call of Christ to his followers is more about being with him than doing things for him. When he comes along and he gives you an assignment, then the proper response is you give everything to do for him. But he's not always giving us an assignment that requires that. In fact, I think it would be possible to state that more times than not, the call of our Savior is come be with me as opposed to do for me. A follow-up truth point to number three, truth point number four says this, that the resources required to do anything for him come through being with him. I'm not wanting to put down doing for him because it is part of our walk with him. But the resources that we need to be able to do for him come with being with him. Listen, listen to me, church. Even the Lord Jesus Christ knew this to be true. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.